tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's Monday, May 22nd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the U.S. debt ceiling crisis continues this morning with both sides on Capitol Hill and the White House pointing the finger at the other. I'll offer you the latest news out of Washington, D.C. Second, we've got an update on the crisis on America's southern border this morning, although the White House is claiming that there is no crisis. So I will give you a fact check and then let you decide. Third, America's F-16 fighter jets will soon be in the skies above Ukraine and they will be piloted by men possibly trained in Tucson, Arizona. More on that coming up. Fourth, China is cracking down on foreign businesses this morning, especially U.S. businesses. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is calling for closer relationships with Beijing. And interestingly, he's dismissing the spy balloon saga last February as nothing more than silly. Later, we close out the podcast with research that shows that being fit actually means being smart. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, the clock is ticking on a deal over the U.S. debt crisis. The U.S. Treasury Secretary said yesterday that a deal must be reached between Republicans and the White House by June 1st, or the U.S. will default on its debt. Although the Congressional Budget Office says that it's not so sure that that's true. In an assessment last week, they said it could be June 1st, or maybe a few weeks thereafter, perhaps even a month. But regardless, a deal has to be made at some point. But who's going to make that deal? Because Mr. Biden said yesterday that he's done his part. Quote, it's time for Republicans to move their positions because much of what they have proposed is, quite frankly, unacceptable. End quote. He added that if a default were to happen, it wouldn't be his problem. Quote, on the merits, based on what I have offered to Republicans, I would be blameless, end quote. Well, not surprisingly, Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy very much disagrees with that assessment. He traded barbs with Mr. Biden over the weekend, but actually yesterday he said that he had a productive phone call with the White House. But still, he said Mr. Biden must show greater flexibility on reducing federal spending, As he said, America has a $31.4 trillion federal debt, and that is expected to grow into $50 trillion or more by the year 2033. That's just 10 years away. Well, as Washington, D.C. debates the future of the country, Americans are weighing in on this issue, and they've actually made it pretty clear what they think. A poll from the Associated Press released last week showed that 63% of Americans want a debt deal that reduces overall federal spending. In fact, 58% of Democrats actually think that this deal should reduce spending too. 71% of Republicans feel the same. 
Now, what's interesting about this poll is that only 19% of Americans agree with Mr. Biden's position that there should be what's called a clean debt ceiling vote, meaning raise the federal debt limit without any reductions in spending. So if I can briefly pivot now to my opinion and analysis, the bottom line, folks, is that Americans want reduced spending on a bipartisan basis, in fact. And while I appreciate that Mr. Biden and his team might feel like they would be harmless and blameless in any default, that is not reflected in what you and your fellow Americans believe. Regardless, I'll be watching this one, folks, very closely. And as ever, I'll keep you posted. With that, let's now move on to our second brief of the morning. Well, the southern border, folks, it is secure. At least that's what the White House is saying this morning. Their Department of Homeland Security has announced that since the expiration of Title 42, that's the immigration policy that expired about 10 days ago, well, migrant encounters since then are way down. Quote, in the last 48 hours, there were 3,000 encounters a day on the border, and that is more than a 70% reduction, end quote. Well, those numbers have led the White House to gloat about the success of their efforts, said Mr. Biden to reporters, quote, it's much better than you all expected, didn't it, end quote. But of course, we should probably ask, is this true? Is the Biden administration right to say that the southern border is secure and that things are much better than expected? Well, let's conduct a fact check, shall we, this morning, diving into the latest numbers offered up by the L.A. Times, Reuters News Service, and the organization called Statista that monitors facts and figures. And let's actually start with that organization, Statista. So from the years 2010 to 2020, the U.S. Border Patrol apprehended around 400,000 illegal migrants annually. In other words, 400,000 is sort of the historical norm. But in the past 10 days or so, the 3,000 illegals a day would mean about a 1.1 million folks annually apprehended. So the White House is just wrong to say that the current numbers are somehow good or historically acceptable. They're not. They are much worse than normal. However, what the White House is pointing to is that last year they had a record 2.2 million apprehensions. So to have only 1.1 million is really great. You know, just don't look at the historical norm of 400,000. Okay, but putting that aside, there has been a drop from 2.2 million to 1.1 million. So what explains that? All right, let's explore it with some additional reporting this morning by the San Diego Union Tribune and the Washington Free Beacon. And let's start with this number, 62,000, right? That's the approximate number of migrants on the southern border who are holed up in Mexico and desperately want to cross into the United States, but haven't so far. And the reason for that is that they're trying to access a special application or app on their phones called the CPB1 app, right? It's designed by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security for migrants to secure an appointment, of course, with border immigration officials. And once the migrants get that appointment, right, they cross the border at a, well, an approved location, and they begin the interview process for applying for asylum. Now, to be very clear, the majority of these applications will eventually be rejected, anywhere from 60 to 80% in any given year. But that does not matter 
so long as you can get past this first interview. Because once you do, immigration officials are releasing migrants into the United States, well, generally with something called a notice to appear, right? That's in front of an immigration judge. But get this, these notices uh, to appear, they are for the years 2026 to 2033. Yeah, you heard me right, right? Migrants, once they get through this first interview, they get to come to the United States and stay all the way through the year 2033 before their cases are ever heard. Now, for what it's worth, passing that first interview is actually pretty easy. And that's because pro-immigration groups have set up facilities in Mexico to coach these migrants on how to successfully pass this first test called the Credible Fear Test. So all in all, that helps explain why two things are true on the border this morning. First, the rush of illegals is still on, right? A shocking 1.1 million people annualized. But second, that the rush is lower, at least lower than last year. But again, that was a record. Plus, it's only lower because there are 62,000 migrants in Mexico who are waiting to cross but haven't yet because they're trying to use this CPB app to get those interviews. But here's the key, folks. It remains to be seen how long these 62,000 folks will wait, right? And that's because of three reasons. First, these, uh, this app, the DHS app, only issues a very small number of appointments each day, and these slots fill up pretty quickly, right? And that leaves tens of thousands of very impatient migrants, well, empty-handed. Second, this app, the DHS app, has crashed repeatedly since launching. U.S. officials say that they're correcting the launched bugs, but as of this weekend, migrants are reporting that they're seeing continued outages and glitches. So finally, there is a third reason that might explain why these 62,000 migrants are waiting in Mexico. Right? There's a growing fear, at least by some migrants, that if they just you know, abandon the app and rush across the border and get caught... Well, they might be banned from entering again for five years. And there is a Biden rule that suggests that. But pro-immigration groups are telling these migrants that, no, that's not true. That's not U.S. law. In fact, you can go now. You don't even need that silly app or an appointment if you're trying for asylum. All right, so the bottom line is that there is now confusion amongst the 62,000 migrants on the border this morning, and that is why, for now, many are gambling that it is better to sort of wait and see whether this app thing pays off or not. All right, folks, those are the facts and data this morning on the crisis on the southern border. Let me now pivot to my opinion and analysis. I want to encourage you to remember two things from this brief. Right. The first is that the crisis on the southern border continues, right? No matter what the media or the White House might tell you, right? The current rate of apprehensions is 3,000 a day or about 1.1 million annualized. And that is dramatically higher than the 400,000 a year historical average. Second, right? We should remember that there are tens of thousands of migrants right now that are impatiently waiting on the southern border to cross. Right? They're waiting for this DHS app to work. But with every passing day, as the app either doesn't work or they don't get appointments, right? they've got these leftist groups in their ears telling them to just go. You don't need the app. Plus, we're going to coach you on how to beat the system in that first interview. 
So in my view, that is not what Biden called the, quote, much better than you all expected sort of version of immigration policy, right? For me, 1.1 million illegals a year, plus those cheating leftist immigration groups, that's not better, not at all, right? The border is still effectively open. It's still effectively meaningless. It is a speed bump and will be until we have different leadership in the White House. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners. And then in a minute or two, we will be right back. Friends, I'm excited to tell you about Ark Seed Kits, like Noah's Ark. And here's why I'm excited. On The Right Report, we talk a lot about two things. We talk about your pocketbook and how to save you some money. We also talk about preparing for global events, like how we could find ourselves at war in Asia. Well, with ARC Seed Kits, you can address both of those concerns at once. The all-in-one seed kit helps you grow your own food for life. It has over 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables sprouting from 50,000 heirloom seeds. And let me tell you why that is so important. Heirloom seeds last year after year. Each crop helps you grow the next. But that's not true of 95% of most seeds that you buy. Those last only one year. That's why heirloom seeds from ARC Seed Kits are so great. It's a lifetime of food security. So go to arcseedkits.com. Again, that's ARC like Noah's ARC. And buy your heirloom seeds today. And if you do, make sure you use promo code RIGHT, like my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, and that'll get you 10% off your order. So go to arcseedkits.com, promo code RIGHT, and invest in good food and a bigger wallet for life. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards global news. First, we've got a very critical update in the war in Ukraine. And here it is, folks. U.S. jets will soon be flying in the skies above that country. They're going to be flown by Ukrainian pilots who will be trained in Europe or possibly in the city of Tucson, Arizona. So here are the details as reported by the French media outlet AFP. The German media outlet DW and the U.S. outlets of Yahoo News and Politico. On Friday, Joe Biden announced to other world leaders in Japan that he had approved the use and training of the American F-16 fighter jets for use in the war in Ukraine. Said the White House, quote, We will support a joint effort with our allies and partners to train Ukrainian pilots on fourth-generation fighter aircraft, including F-16s, to further strengthen and improve the capabilities of the Ukrainian Air Force, end quote. The White House then added that details were being ironed out about where the training will take place, perhaps Europe, perhaps the United States, specifically in Tucson. Plus, no firm details on how many jets will be provided and by whom. Now, as to that last part, you know, how many jets and by whom, the White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said that American allies likely have more F-16s to offer up, especially in Europe, but that Biden had not made a final decision on whether to give Kiev our supply of the jets. Now, for what it's worth, the training on those F-16s would likely be done in Europe, as I mentioned, but that, again, is not settled. In fact, the decision to provide Ukraine the F-16s was largely based on the performance of Ukrainian pilots who did quite well in a simulator training in Tucson. Right? That happened a couple of months ago, as reported by Yahoo News. 
In fact, these pilots did so well that the U.S. Air Force assessed that Ukraine's experienced pilots could effectively fly F-16s with just four months of training. In other words, folks, we could see F-16s in the skies above Ukraine by September. Well, as you would imagine, that was very good news for Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky. He said, quote, I welcome the historic decision of the United States to support an international fighter jet coalition, end quote. Meanwhile, the Russians, well, they weren't quite as happy. Russian media outlets quoted the country's deputy foreign minister as saying, quote, "Ah, we see that Western countries are still adhering to the escalation scenario. It involves colossal risks for them, end quote. Well, speaking of risks, Mr. Biden seemed to recognize that these more advanced fighter jets could be used by Zelensky to attack Russian territory, not just defend Ukraine. And that obviously would be very risky. However, the White House said that Zelensky promised Mr. Biden that the jets would only remain over Ukraine's skies. Biden then called Zelensky's promise of that, quote, a flat assurance, end quote. All right, one last thing for your consideration. You'll probably be hearing a lot about the Russians taking the Ukrainian city of Bakhmut. Right? The two sides have been battling over that relatively small town now for many months. So there's been some debate about whether Kiev actually has lost that city, but its top commander in the region has confirmed to the Washington, uh, rather the Wall Street Journal, that yes, it has been lost to Moscow. Now, what that means is really up for debate, but one thing is not. Both sides have lost a tremendous number of men and materiel over this single city. Around 100,000 dead and wounded men on both sides. So there you have it. The latest out of Ukraine this morning. A country that, as listeners know, American taxpayers have committed $113 billion of our dollars and counting. Certainly a reason for us all to care. But with that, let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. So when the Russians said over the weekend that provision of these F-16s was continuing a cycle of escalation, well, Moscow is kind of right. In fact, the New York Times is admitting this morning that the White House and the West continue to escalate this situation, specifically with equipment, namely drones, missiles, tanks, and now fighter jets. And so with every one of those pieces of equipment, what has happened is that the United States and the West, at first, we have said no to Ukraine, or we gave Kiev more limited versions of this stuff. But eventually, we came around to yes. And each time, Moscow, well, they protested with angry words, but that's about it, at least so far. The question, though, is at what point does Moscow say enough is enough? Right. For instance, at what point does Vladimir Putin uh, convince President Xi of China that he should back him more forcefully with either weapons or money or both? Because, folks, if you look at a map, if Moscow were to fall to, say, a more Western friendly government, right? Well, that pro-America or pro-European government would run along China's northern border. Right. And rest assured, that would not be a welcome development for Beijing. So I don't know what the tipping point will be, ladies and gentlemen, in this conflict, especially to get China more involved. Could it be the F-16s? Well, we shall see, because we've got about four more months until the F-16s will likely be over the skies of Ukraine. 
All right, let's move on to our last brief of the morning, and let's continue our conversations with countries that we've spoken of so far, but let's toss in a balloon, shall we? And here's why. Yesterday, Joe Biden said in a press conference that he hoped to restart dialogue with China about a range of issues, but that such had been prevented so far in these last couple of months because of a, well, silly balloon. Those are his words, by the way, not mine. So here's what we know, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, The Hill, and the UK uh, press outlet, The Daily Mail. So a reporter asked Mr. Biden yesterday how he would move forward with managing the relationship that he has with Shanna, to which he responded, quote, We should have an open line of communication. That's what President Xi of China and I agreed on that we were going to do. And then this silly balloon that was carrying two freight cars worth of spy equipment, well, that was flying over the United States and communication between us got shut down, end quote. Well, he's right there. So let's just refresh our memories. Last February, the Chinese government sent a spy balloon from, uh, well, it was Alaska, all the way to the Carolinas, collecting intelligence above U.S. military installations. And only after that spy balloon completed its mission did Mr. Biden authorize for it to be shot down over the coast of South Carolina. Right, That is what Mr. Biden, of course, is referring to here when he says, silly balloon. In other words, he's downplaying the violation of our airspace and ultimately China conducting espionage. So as for what comes next in terms of dialogue and topics uh, with the Chinese, Mr. Biden said, quote, I think you are going to see that renewed communication very shortly, end quote. All right. So as Mr. Biden opens the door to friendlier relations with Beijing, it appears that the communists are heading in the other direction. As reported by the Wall Street Journal last week, President Xi has appointed China's spy chief, a man named Chen Yixin, to crack down on foreign firms, especially American firms, that operate in China. All right, so why is that? Well, apparently Chinese intelligence services didn't like the questions being asked by U.S. companies in China who were providing something called due diligence services. So to just give you an example of what that means, due diligence services, so let's say a U.S. company wants to buy a Chinese company. Well, you, you kind of need to kick the tires on that Chinese company first, right? And you make sure that the factories in, say, the Chengdu province are in good working order. Then you got to scrub the financials to make sure that they're accurate and so forth. Well, those due diligence questions apparently angered Beijing. They sounded, well, a little too spy-like. And that led to this recent crackdown. Plus, Beijing expanded what it calls its anti-espionage laws. But I'll tell you, it's not just due diligence companies that are in China's crosshairs this morning. In fact, yesterday, Beijing announced a new set of restrictions regarding the U.S. computer chip supplier Micron. Chinese authorities said that an investigation had revealed that these American-supplied computer chips had, quote, significant security risks, end quote, though they didn't reveal what those risks might be. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the latest out of China this morning. And, of course, Biden uh, lamenting his lack of communication with Beijing over this silly spy balloon incident. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. And I want to start with a poll that was recently done uh, by Newsweek magazine on a related but slightly different topic. Right, 63% of Americans back Florida's new law that bans Chinese citizens from buying property or land in the Sunshine State. 
right? That effort was led by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, but deeply opposed by many Democrats and, well, leftist media outlets like Vox. The point, the reason that I bring this up, folks, at least related to this brief, is that on a bipartisan basis, you and other Americans want a very muscular response to China. But the man in the White House seems, well, relatively intent on something different, right? As exampled by this spy balloon saga stuff, being silly. Do you agree with Biden and that assessment on it simply being silly? I'll tell you, as a former CIA officer, I don't think it is. And based on this polling, neither do you. In fact, the only thing that is silly is thinking, frankly, that open lines of communication will somehow bring us more friendly relations with Beijing, right? It's the same silliness that's led China to be ever more powerful over these past 20 years, right? And if we're not pretty darn careful, it's going to be this same sort of silliness that will cause America to lose a war with China should one ever come. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Well, as we talk about matters of war and peace this morning, we should talk about the preparedness of our young people as a potential fighting force for war, as uncomfortable and ugly as that might be. Researchers at Nottingham Trent University recently conducted a study on the difference of intellect between those kids who are obese versus those kids who are fit. Now, specifically, they looked at attention, perception, memory, decision-making, and complex thinking. That was amongst kids age uh, 12 to 13. And they divided this group of kids uh, into two groups, uh, one that was fit and those who were obese. And the upshot, folks, is that the kids who exercised more frequently, the lean kids, had 10 to 20% greater ability in their skills of attention, perception, memory, and executive function as compared to their less fit peers. So as much as we might not like to think about this idea of war, in fact, most of us hate the idea, the sad reality is that war does come in every century throughout human existence. And the winners of those wars, ladies and gentlemen, are nations who have the best fighters with good leadership and proper equipment. So not that we needed a good reminder this morning, but having fit people is a critical part of that victory. Victory in battle, it's true, but also in preventing battles from ever starting, all through the demonstration of fitness and strength. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. To the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.